Father, we come before you, Lord. You are so good. We just thank you for your word. We stand on it today. We ask that you illuminate it. Father, just speak to our hearts and open us up to what you have for us, Father. I pray that we would stand on your word and that we would hide it in our hearts and that we would share your word with others. Father, we are grateful that you have left us with a book of instruction that we can go to, that we can lean upon. Father, you are so gracious. You are so loving and so kind. We just lift up this morning. We ask that you bless it. Father, you speak through me. Keep my voice together. And Lord, I pray that you would just help us to remember your word. But I thank you for all the ladies here today. I pray for all those that are homesick. Father, I just lift up this time. I thank you for the food that you've provided by these ladies. And I ask that you just bless our time together in our groups, um, in our time of fellowship, that you would just speak to our hearts. We just pray these things in Jesus' name. So I've got a cold. Um, and I actually also, my jaw spasming, I got hit by a water bottle in Germany three weeks ago. You know, you're passing people on the sidewalk, and this guy runs around somebody, and he's taller, and he hit me in the face. His water bottle slung out from his uh, backpack, and he hit me in the face. And my husband was in front of me, and it was so funny because he heard the noise, that tingy on a, you know, the metal on the jaw. And he knew it was me, and then he hears me scream. <laughs> so my jaw's been spasming since then. And all I could think at the time was, praise God, it wasn't my nose and it wasn't my eye. <laughs> so God is good. But yeah, my jaw's still like not happy. But anyway, so. Okay, so let's open to Second John. And it's easy, but it's hard to read scripture that you say, Verse this, verse that. It's not, you know, the the chapters that they're with it. So let's open to Second uh, John, and let's start reading with um, the first verse. The elder to the lady elect and her children, whom I love, and not only I, but also those who have known the truth. John addresses himself as elder here, and he certainly deserves it. He's in his 90s about this time. He does not address this to her specifically by name. We know there was much persecution at this time and that leaving names off the letter might have been for that reason. If the letter had been intercepted with names on it, it could have been a death sentence to everybody involved. So we don't know why the names aren't there. And there's a lot, when you read commentaries, there's a lot of, could have been Martha, it could have been this person, it could have been that. But it doesn't matter. God leaves those things off for a reason. So we don't need the names, do we? We know it is someone he is quite familiar with. She is loved and respected. And we know that this letter is a letter of encouragement. And we know that it's written by the Apostle John. Two, because of the truth which abides in us and will be, forever, will be with us forever. John used the word truth 37 times. In his letters, we know how important truth is. Truth is a constant and it is unwavering. But the popular saying these days is you have your truth and I have my truth, right? 
And that is a lie from the pit of hell. There's only one truth. I don't have mine, you don't have yours, and nobody else has another truth. So it's we need to stand up on God's truth. Also, knowing it abides with us forever. Jesus is unwavering. He is truth. And it's funny, I listen to a lot of music, and I worship a lot, and I appreciated Pastor Jim talking about that Sunday. And I was sitting there with the Lord one day, and I had music on in the background. And Does anybody remember Avalon? Yeah, Yeah, love Avalon. So I'm listening to this song, and just, you know how the Holy Spirit washes over you? And you just have this awe moment. And the song was, your word is truth, your word is life, your word is love. And the whole song was about God's word. And I just felt the spirit wash over me. And it talked about being steadfast in his word and putting it in our heart. And I just love the lyrics. If you, um, It keeps on saying, take you at your word. And it's we have to take the Lord at his word. So if you look the song up, take, take you at your word by Avalon. It is just a, just a lovely song about his truth and what he gives us out of his word. So let's, uh, so he is truth. John fourteen six. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Truth also stands, and it abides with us forever. There's hope in this. There's only one truth, and in the end, everyone will know God's truth. Grace, verse 3. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. This greeting is a standard greeting um, that we see all throughout the Bible. But it is bestowed on us by the Father and Jesus in truth and in love. God gave us grace by sending us his Son. Mercy that Jesus paid the price for our sins. And peace comes from assurance that the penalty of sin is paid and in the promise of eternal life. We should love others with doctrinal truth. They go hand in hand. Commentator John R. W. Scott said it well. Our love grows soft if it is not strengthened by truth, and our truth grows hard if it is not softened by love. I'm going to say it again because I had to read it several times thinking, wow, that's powerful. Our love grows soft if it is not strengthened by truth. And our truth grows hard if it is not softened by love. And isn't that so true? We need love and we need truth. Verse 4, I rejoice greatly that I have found some of your children walking in truth as we received commandment from the Father. Including her children was either for her personal children or for the children in the church. Either way, isn't it encouraging when you hear that children are following the Lord and choosing truth? And we need to note that it was some of her children, not all. And some of us, we, we have prodigals. Some of our children are not walking with the Lord. And it's sad. Um, that they've walked away, and it's horribly grieving. So we need to pray for them. We also should remember with children and those that are young in the faith, they can be sadly led astray by false teaching. 
So that's why we have to help that those that are young in the Lord, and that's why we need to raise our children up in the Lord. Verse 5, And now I plead with you, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment to you, but that which we have had from the beginning that we love one another. John, through his gospel and his book, speaks constantly encouraging us to love one another. Its priority is very evident. What is notable here is that he is pleading with her. In humility, he is begging her. And it puts importance on it, on the plea. The integrity of our Christian walk is measured by our love for one another. John thirteen thirty five says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So verse 6, This is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. Walking in truth is walking and living our lives according to the word. There are many in the world today that teach and use the word out of context. It's by knowing the word that you know when someone is saying something false. Walking is putting motion to what we believe in and what we stand on. Putting into practice our faith. His commandments are not burdensome when we walk in them and they become our way of life. And that's important. When you walk in the truth, you stand on it and they become a way of life for you, it's easier to stand on the truth. Verse 7, For many deceivers have gone out of the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. This scripture is not talking about believers that are struggling in their walk, backsliding, or having doubts. There is a difference in a believer and someone who is guilty of heresy and deny the core doctrines of faith. There are many out there that will have Christ in their name, but they do not believe in the deity of Christ. There are those that put Mary on the same level as Christ, that she is able to hear our prayers and answer them. God blessed and honored her, but she is still a created being just like you and me are. She is not omniscient. She is not omnipresent. She can't hear our prayers, and she certainly can't forgive us of our sins. If someone says that they have a new revelation from the Lord, run. We do not get new revelations from the Lord. Everything needs to be checked in context with the word. If it doesn't, don't listen to them. Only by studying the word and knowing what's real can we know what's fake. When I was in college, I had just started walking with the Lord. I had known the Lord for a few years, but I had stayed in a religion. So um, these guys kept on coming into the clothing store that I worked in, and they invited me to this Bible study church meeting. Whoever knows what it was. So I went, and I listened, and it was exciting. They were speaking in tongues and all this stuff. So I just didn't know. So I was young in the Lord. So I asked a coworker who was a very strong Christian if he would go with me and tell me what he thought because I didn't go to a church. I was, you know, had come out of the other one. And so he went with me. And um, and the other thing is I was confused. 
out of it, too. So he went with me, and he was able to biblically tell me how their teaching was off, how they were using the word out of context, and how the tongues was just like all over the place. So I appreciated that he did that for me at that moment. And what is neat is when somebody does that for you, you then, as you walk in the word and you, you know, you know, you then can do it for others. And that is something that God has blessed me through the years. Somebody will say, oh, I'm, one guy said he was going to this big, big mega church out in Texas and very well-known, very well-known person. And he posted the teaching on social media. And this is a guy that I know, you know, is the Lord's. So he posted the um, teaching on social media, and I just went, oh, Lord, do you know, you never know. Should I step out there? And, and so I private messaged him, and I said, you know, you know, and he goes, oh, he's so good. He's so good. I'm so inspired by what he said. And I went, so I listened to the teaching. I didn't want to, and I listened to the teaching, took out everything that he you know, put the word with it and took everything that was out of context and I sent it back to him private. Didn't confront him online. And he goes, oh my gosh, I did not get that out of that. The guy just hyped him up so much that he was just fooled. So he took the teaching down and I was like, praise you, Lord. He didn't get mad at me. People get mad at you. They just do. But God expects us to stand on his word, right? So... I love how over and over again, if we go, Lord, should I do this? Should I stand up for this? If God tells you no, you step back. If God tells you yes, you do your research, you do what he says to do. So, But I appreciate that when I was young in the Lord, somebody did it for me. It was a great example to me. So let's go to eight. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we work for but that you may receive a full reward. Love Revelation 3.11. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. Look to yourselves, is what he says. It is our responsibility. We need to keep our faith strong and your walk solid. He was warning you not to put yourself in jeopardy, to not lose the things the apostles and the other saints have worked for. We all sadly have examples of the foolishness that is out in the world and that gets thrown around and taints our witness. One example that, you know, you have those little things that bug you um, is the flat earthers. Christians who, they're not looking at the evidence in the Bible. They're just speaking about the conspiracy theories, and it's just ridiculous. It ignores what the Word teaches about the earth, and is void of the Holy Spirit. And that's the thing to me. It's void of the Holy Spirit. God tells you what's right, what's wrong, what, you know, is out there. It's beyond reason, and it makes Christians look foolish. The opposite of this is when we're all in the Word, following what the Word says, and God has us come into a person's life, and you get to add upon what somebody else has been witnessing to them. And that is the cool thing. I once got the opportunity of, I was having a massage, and the gal, my husband accidentally booked me for an hour and a half, and it was a God thing, because 
somebody had been witnessing to this young gal, and she was right there. And she just had a few last questions, and I answered them. And I said, do you want to accept the Lord now? And she goes, yes. So I got to lead her to the Lord when somebody else had laid the whole foundation down for her. God blesses us with that. Sometimes we're little seeds along the way. Sometimes we're introducing somebody to the Lord. And sometimes you get to lead somebody in that sinner's prayer. And there's such joy in that. So when we're in the Word, we're following the Word, and we're teaching the Word, witnessing the Word, we all work together. So we all are speaking the same thing. And that's the beauty of the Word. So... We are taught by the same book, and we all should speak the same from the Lord. It shouldn't be confusing at all to anybody. So let's go on to nine. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. First Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ. I love the scripture that we studied last time, 1 John 5, 11 through 13. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in the Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. This tells us God only comes through the Son. It also tells us that we can have eternal life. This is an opening to question to people. I use this in witnessing all the time. I'll say, you know, do you know you're going to heaven? And somebody will say, well, I don't know. You know, or they'll say, yeah, I believe, but how do we know? This is the scripture you take them to because it tells them you can know you have eternal life. There's hope in that. The next scriptures are practical in that they tell us what to do. So 10, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house nor greet him. 11, for he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. This is a time that there were many traveling missionaries, some teaching right doctrine, and some were were denying the true doctrine of Christ. Now, all we need to do is turn on the TV to see false teachings. I was visiting my aunt, and she was watching all of these people all day long. And she told me, oh, this this guy has the gift of raising money. I'm like, Since when is that a gift? So I took her to the Bible and I shared with her what he was teaching and it was out of context. You can take somebody, and my aunt is a lovely person. She really is. She led me to the Lord. But you can think that, oh, I just got it on in the background and I'm just going to listen to that. We need to be aware and we need to be careful who we are bringing in because if it's got anything false in it, it's fighting with the word. So, um, those people, um, just are use, they're just bilking money out of the vulnerable, uh, which is most of them. It's not all of them. So pray about it before you watch them. Romans 60, 
18, which was from our homework. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly by their smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. Colossians 2, 4 also says, Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. Ephesians 5, 6 also, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes about upon the sons of disobedience. Greet in this context means inviting them in, giving hospitality, and giving them aid. Basically, you are providing for them, and that's what he's warning against. He's not talking about, you know, somebody who comes to your door and wants to talk to you. Um, He's talking about, uh, this is not saying we can't. we can't answer our door, we can't greet them, we can't talk to them. It's, a, it's another deeper level. Um, I do the most I ever do in the summers, I give them water. Hopefully that's not helping them, you know, to keep on, but I don't want them to be dehydrated. Um, and they appreciate that. But I do love talking to them when they come to the door. God always gives me exactly what they need to hear. Um, we are defined not only by what we accept, but also by what we reject. And that's an important thing. We need to know what we need to reject. There have been many teachings and movements through history rejecting Jesus' doctrine and God's word as an inerrant. You can do a study of church history, and it is really amazing what has swept through. Um, It's amazing how many don't follow the word. They pick and choose And we know today they are ignoring what the word says and going with what the world says is right. My husband always says, if they teach that a man is getting sex in heaven, you know it's not from God. (laughs) And he studied a lot of them, and he'll say, oh my gosh, here's another one. So that's that's one important point. He said that that's kind of consistent with them. You know it's man-created. So, Jesus warned us many times of what was to come. Matthew twenty four eleven says, Then many false prophets, prophets will rise up and deceive many. Matthew twenty four twenty four says, For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders and deceive, if possible, even the elect. So, let's go on to 12. Having many things to write to you, I did not wish to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face, that our joy may be full. We know John is looking forward to meeting her in person, but thankfully we have been blessed by this short letter. 13. The children of your elect sister greet you. Amen. We do know, we do not know if he is speaking of her physical children or her physical sister and children, or if it's members of the church. What I liked, and this is David Gusick said this, this last reference is to the elect sister and her children. Remind us that though we must be on guard against false teachers, the true followers of Christ are more than just a group. If we follow our desire to defend the truth, to make us unloving and intolerant, Satan has won a great victory. So I like what he said, that he summarized that. 
we, we are either in stride with God or we are in stride with the world. There's no in-between. If we spend most of our time with the Lord, we see things through his eyes. If we spend most of our time in worldly things, we will see with the world's eyes and we will think as the world thinks. One of the things lately, and and I'll make it brief, I was talking to a gal, and you become friends with people, and I knew she was Christian. She said she's a Christian, and we were talking, and she's telling me about her son, and she goes, but you know he's gay. And I just, you know, you cringe when you hear that. And she got defensive, and she goes, and I'm okay with that. So you at the time go, oh, do I say something? Do I you know, argue with her, and I thought, no, it's not the time. I mean, I know how to witness to her. I know what to say to her. But there's a thinking of the world, this is okay. We either go with what the world is saying these days or we stand on the word. So I'm praying about it and asking the Lord, help me stand on this, help me. And there's others She doesn't go here, but there's others that I know that are Christians that go to her. So I'm just praying. Hopefully I'll, you know, band and try to get her back in church. She doesn't go here. She goes to another one. But she walked out of the church because people were standing up against where her son was, which is unfortunate. But, you know, it's we have to love people that are standing on these worldly ideas. But we also have to, you know, love them but not agree with them. So, seeing evil and knowing evil is being attuned to God. Being tricked into believing what the enemy is deceiving the world with is a lack of godly vision. Our sure path is being attuned to God and the Holy Spirit. 1 Timothy 4.1 says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. All through 1 John he warned about false teachers. First John 2.26, these things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. First John 3.7, little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. It is black and white. There is no gray in God's wor- word or his world. His word says, beware of false prophets. And as the homework said, anyone who appeared to be teaching the truth of God but did not teach the gospel of Jesus Christ was nothing more than an imposter, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Do you remember Rachel Dolezal? Does anybody remember her name? I I looked her up because on Wikipedia, I would hate to have a Wikipedia reference to me as being one of the biggest imposters. She was white. She had two white parents. She pretended she was a black teacher. And then she worked for an organization. She taught black history. She was white. She dyed her hair. She did the curly thing. She was an imposter. And her parents outed her. So praise God. I looked up her history of what she's doing now. She's now doing hair which, you know, is a noble profession, but she's not teaching anymore. So we have to beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. Uh, They aren't part good. They are deceivers. If we aren't all in about Christ, we aren't anywhere. You are out. 
Mormons are a great example. You can look like a Christian, you can be good, but if you don't believe in the deity of Christ, you're all out. You're not in at all. If you deviate from the truth anywhere, you are deceived and open to other falsehoods. And how do we know? The Holy Spirit tells us. If we are in the word and listening to God, we will know. One of the first gifts God ever gave me was the gift of discernment. And it's one of the gifts I most appreciate because he will tell you right then and there, this isn't of me. It's been such a blessing. So what I want to do this morning is talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and those gifts that God gives us. It's for this time. Um, 1 John 2, 20 and 27 says, On the day of Pentecost, after Jesus' ascension, the disciples of Jesus were anointed for special service in a great outpouring of his Holy Spirit on believers. I think that's just 20. Acts 2, 1 through 4, the Apostle Paul declare, declared that all followers of Christ are anointed as God's very own and set apart for service. So I think that God is always willing to give us new gifts. And I have a, I have a thing if you want to study on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what we do is lay hands on you. So if anybody has ever wanted this gift, wants the gifts that God has for you, and you've never had hands laid on you and been anointed with oil, Claudia and I are going to be up here after the teaching. Come up and we'll lay hands on you. And it is something that just, it changes it, its power. And there's three things um, that we can relate to the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's para, meaning with, um, n, which means in, and epicenes, signifying upon, and this is upon you. So the Lord said, we, we have the Holy Spirit knocking, you know, at us all the time to accept the Lord. And then when we accept the Lord, the Holy Spirit comes in, and then we, we ask him to come upon us, we get the power of the Holy Spirit. So if anybody wants to come up, we'll lay hands on you. Today's the day. So thank you, and that's our lesson. Have fun in your groups. and. Uh...